Prusini Crucis Deremitis Nostris Liberos Deus Nostri. In nomine Patris et Filiates Spiritus Sancti. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede. Addressing our Lord, presiding over this time of prayer, we ask you, Lord, to help us see apostolic zeal, which is the topic of our first meditation, with your mind and with your heart. It encapsulates our vocation. It's the driving force of our vocation. Our vocation is a call to evangelize, put in the language of Saint Jose Maria after seeing the work. It is to bring every human activity to the feet of Christ. Or as he saw in that preternatural locution, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all things to myself. And we're called to chip away at that, humanly speaking, impossible goal that is not peculiar to the work, but it is the last mandate of Jesus. Before leaving, he spells out the mission of any follower of his. And even though they were very local and his first disciples probably never traveled beyond five miles from their homes or their workplace, Jesus reveals this radical goal of bringing the gospel to every corner of the earth. And the apostles realized, especially after being enlightened by the Holy Spirit, this is not about me. This is not about human effort. This goes beyond logic. It's not illogical, but it goes beyond logic. And it's all about him. Abide in, abide in me and, and I abide in you. He who abides in me bears much fruit. It's, it's about him, but it's about him in us. It's not about him in an isolated fashion. It's about him in his disciples. And hence, the model evangelizer, St. Paul, his mantra is put on Jesus Christ because it's Jesus Christ who evangelizes. But it's his will that he evangelize through his followers. Hence, St. Jose Maria, in a sense, embellishing upon his first instruction, quoting St. Paul. I like the older translation or the more literal translation. He quotes St. Paul in Latin and then translates it into Spanish. I won't translate it into Spanish. Um, Caritas Christi enim urgit nos. Well, the current translation, it's fine. The 
love of God or the love of Christ controls us. Kind of loses a bit of the punch. Urgit means fires up, urges, activates. It's, there's dynamism in the word. So the love of Christ urges us on. It's not about me. And an embellishment of that quote from St. Paul is what St. Josemaria wrote in those very early years. Apostolic zeal is a divine madness. Metaphorically, you need to be mad or insane to engage in this enterprise of bringing Christ everywhere given the obstacles that'll always be there. Apostolic zeal is a divine madness I want, you, I want you to have. It has these symptoms. And notice he doesn't say the first symptom is a pep rally attitude towards evangelization or apostolate or simply human enthusiasm. None of that. Step number one, and it's a real important step number one. And Lord, I, convert me to that. I may know it factually, but I don't want to just know it factually. That's the easy part. I, I, it's, it needs to be fuel for conversion, a light that moves my heart. Hunger to know the Master. And our late father, Don Javier, he, he was very, you could see St. Maria in him. He had his own temperament and personality. As one of our brothers said, he was all love. That's, that's sort of the common experience people had, especially in his last years. He's all love and all optimism very much aware of the obstacles and difficulties. And in fact, humanly speaking, these obstacles make things impossible, humanly speaking, but we're not speaking only humanly here. And I remember, you know, being lucky enough to be there in this workshop with him, especially the last one. The word hunger, which comes from St. Maria, but he... It was part of his lexicon. He used the word hunger in two ways. Uh, our first meditation was in front of the Blessed Sacrament, was on the exposed Blessed Sacrament on a Thursday, and he was exhorting us hunger to know, hunger to be close to Christ in the Eucharist, hunger for that. And then in other occasions, hunger to know the Word of God. Hunger to know Jesus Christ. Jesus, give me that hunger. That's step number one. And in a way, you could almost stop here, but he continues. Hunger to know the Master, constant concern for souls. And maybe we'll detain ourselves here, constant concern for souls. Well, Lord, I'm not so sure if I have that. I should and I want to. And our, let's hear our Lord say, just hunger to know me, and that, that's going to naturally come about. You, 
you hunger to know me, you put me on, as St. Paul says, put on Jesus Christ, that takes care of everything else. You hunger to know the master, then you're going to have constant concern for souls, and you're going to have perseverance that nothing can shake. We want to put on Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Or what are the consequences of that? Because when we put on Jesus Christ, everything he says comes to life in me. I came to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how I am constrained until it is accomplished. In an older translation, instead of constrained, it was how anxious. It's an anxiety, a good anxiety, not a bad one. And St. Jose Maria had that. In fact, he would sing it. He would sing these two verses in Latin. It was such a holy obsession that he sang it often, so often that his little brother started to sing it as well in Latin. So that kind of gives you an idea how often he sang those verses. And that came from the intimacy of his mind and heart. This urgency, this eagerness to get the word to others. As I contemplate that, I mean, these standards are so high. You know, put on Jesus Christ, think as Jesus Christ did. Have the drive of Christ, have the anxiety of Jesus. And just to put it in modern parlance, well, I have issues. Well, because we have been born with original sin, uh, if we didn't have issues, we'd be lying to ourselves. So we have issues, without exaggerating them, but we do. We have, we have to have them. What can I say, you know? It's, that's what a wounded nature is all about. So no need to get surprised. And they're embarrassing issues. Uh, they're summarized by the Catechism. Those seven bad inclinations called capital sins. And according to our temperament and maybe upbringing, we have certain concentrations of those seven, you know. But we have them all. Well, that person has no original sin. We've said that about certain individuals. And I would say that, that person's a great actor or a great actress, you know. Um, and Paul allows for that. And he starts with himself. He says, we are vessels of clay. Uh, but we are vessels. He didn't say, we're just clay. I'm a vessel of clay. And why does he say vessel and not just plain old clay? Or broken pieces of clay? Because there's some, a vessel contains something. It's about the content. And so I can't write myself off because I'm a vessel of clay. That's what we are. But what's important is not the vessel of clay, but that vessel of clay not be empty. That that vessel of clay be full, filled with our Lord, be filled with the good wine of Christ. And I ask the question, Lord, what do I do? Well, struggle. And it's not about human effort. But struggle basically means, Lord, I'm willing. Fill me. That's what struggle means. I mean, struggle in itself doesn't do anything either. Our Lord says, without me, you could do nothing. 
But at least it's, it's what our, it's not the end of the meditation, of course, but it's what Our Lady said. <laughs> I'm, I'm just conditioned by young people, you know. The word Mary is a, is a signal to drop to your knees. It's a renewal of hope that the meditation's over. But just like Our Lady did not incarnate the Son of God, Holy Spirit did. In the creed, we're not going to say Mary incarnated the Son of God. We're going to say by the Holy Spirit. But that yes, in God's infinite wisdom and providence, prompted the Holy Spirit to incarnate the Son of God. And as I say yes, it doesn't matter how flawed the vessel of clay is. The important thing is to say yes. And plus we have our Holy Father saying that he'd rather have a church with cuts and scrapes and bruises than a pristine, self-referential church. And we'll be bruised and scraped as we try to get the word out to others. And as we struggle to be saints, we're going to notice our bruises and scrapes. That's part of it. That's an important part of it. It's not, well, that's, that's one of the obstacles. It's not an obstacle. In fact, it's part of it. I was um, just reflecting, uh, we, have, we have to use her, the Venerable Monse, you know, when a teenage girl is uh, named a Venerable, and uh, she's one of our sisters in the work, we've got to take full advantage of her. That's why, they, that's why the Holy Spirit moved the Holy Father to make her Venerable, so, she, so we put her to work. And she was a vessel of clay, there's no doubt about it. And it's not, you know, the this idealistic, you know, proclamation of oneself, weakness. I mean, there were real weaknesses in her, but she became a saint. Venerable, basically, the church is saying you're a saint. No more requiem masses for that person. Church is saying that person is a, is a model. We want her to be beatified and canonized, but venerable is, you're going in the right direction if you're a venerable. And, um, she was making a pilgrimage. She was on a pilgrimage, and one of the numerators on the pilgrimage was uh, crippled because of polio. And so a uh, young numerator was, you know, lived at the center that she frequented. And the director said, well, get in the car. And she started to have a limp. And the director said, well, you accompany uh, whatever, Rita, whatever her name was. And she said, what do you think I am, a cripple? I'm not a cripple, I want to walk. And, well, the woman who was crippled for polio, I'm sure she didn't really feel great about that statement. <laughs> and she realized what she had said and uh, profusely apologized. And things of that nature. I mean, she was pretty debilitated and, you know, it was a feast day and they brought her, you know, the feast day meal, which was chicken. And she started to yell at her at the woman, at the at the director or the numerary who brought her the chicken, and said, "How many times have I told you I can't stand chicken? I, you know, why did you do this?" She started to cry. So I mean, these are this is this is a real human being, and she's a, she's a venerable, and you know, not to make a, a sweeping judgment, but I have a feeling that probably you did not yell at someone for bringing you a meal when you were sick and start to cry. Maybe you did, you know, but, uh, you know, maybe you probably didn't, unless it was maybe liver or something. But you wouldn't get that on a feast day. But what do we do notice her? I mean, they, a lot of zeal, lot loved her friends, but it, it, 
you know, not in a, a canned way. She liked to be with her friends. She liked to, to see her friends. Uh, uh, she lived for them. But she was always pushing herself to deal with our Lord. She really struggled to make each norm a, real, a rendezvous with Jesus Christ. And... Um, very centered on the Eucharist. And that gives us a tremendous hope. That's why we have her now. We have this venerable, a contemporary. I guess if you're my age, dying in the 50s, you're contemporary. Um, but it's contemporary. Our Father says, you should correspond to God's love by being very faithful, very faithful. And this faithfulness should lead you to transmit the love, he capitalizes it, the love you have received to other people, so that they too may rejoice at meeting God. This apostolic zeal should prompt us to examine ourselves, and we have to do this for the rest of our lives, I'd say. Because at the heart of our calling to do apostolate, to evangelize, is my hunger to know the Master. And maybe emotionally I may not have that hunger. If I do, wonderful. But I, want to, I need to make that decision, and Lord, help me make that decision. I need the grace for that decision, and, or reinforce my decision. I want my typical day to be characterized by this hunger to know you, and this game plan to be another Christ, we call the plan of life. I really want those special times where I'm completely focused on you, whether it's hearing you through the reading, or being especially united to you through the Eucharistic sacrifice and through communion, or connecting with you through your word. I want those to be a high point, and there's that holy ulterior motive. I want to reveal you in this vessel of clay. And I want my weaknesses to move me more to connect with you. Our model evangelizer reveals his inner self, saying the following. When he talks about vessel of clay, he's referring to himself. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And my weaknesses need to be worked because our, our Lord loves us infinitely and he would remove them if that was, was the best thing for us. He could remove it instantaneously and dispense, of, dispense with certain struggles just instantaneously. But he's not. Well, St. Paul explains why so that we could reveal Christ more effectively. I highly recommend this book, but it's in Spanish, by Javier Medina, and the now blessed Alvaro writes to our father, opening up his heart and lamenting that he did not fulfill his plan of life well. He was in the army and he was very busy and you know, the war going on, and uh, so he, he, he writes big long letter, and he rectifies. He said, well, this is what I'm going to do, this is the plan. And it's, I, I don't know what they did in those days, but uh, 
I don't know if it was him, or I don't know if that was, that was the advice he got, but he was a you know, half-hour Thanksgiving after Mass. And, and for some reason, you know, he had drills on, on, you know, on a horse. He had to ride a horse for an hour. He had some drills. He, he was complaining that it would exhaust him. Just completely fatigued because of being on a horse for an hour. I don't know. I don't ride horses. Um, but I believe him. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, half-hour spiritual reading, and he, he's complaining a little bit too that, you know, he's just really busy because he's got to be briefed, and then there's projects, and there's drills. and uh, So anyway, he's doing a ton of praying in three parts of the rosary to be. And then later on, uh, he's, I don't know, he, he's, he's moved to another place, another part of Spain, and uh, he's pretty far from a church, I don't know, let's just say two and a half miles. And uh, he wants to go to Mass, and he asks his commanding officer, and he convinces his commanding officer to let him go. Not, you know, an easy walk, there's wild dogs there, so he's in the army, so he, has, he brings his gun now. I guess in those days you were allowed to bring a gun into church. Um, and then they're moved, they're transferred again, and the chapter says without elaborating too much, that 30 guys were going with him to Mass at the end. And just to finish a little bit the anecdote, then he was individually transferred, you know, and uh, in the barracks, it was written on the wall that people were sad that he left because they felt they lost a father. But this father was 21 years old or 22 years old. So I didn't get too much into details of apostolic zeal, but I have another crack in the next meditation. But let's make that resolution to hunger to know the master and make concrete plans to make the plan of life more in the first place, first place so that we can be more effective at sowing the peace and joy of Christ. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede.